Good to see you in the house of the Lord this evening. Go to Ruth, chapter 1. Ruth, chapter 1. Ruth follows the book where it says two times that every man did that which is right in his own eyes. Book of Judges. So it's in the days of the Judges. Those were not good times in the nation of Israel. I'm going to read the first chapter. We'll be looking at some other verses in it as well. But Ruth chapter 1 says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. A certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, the name of his wife, Naomi, the name of his two sons, Malan and Chilion. Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah, and they came into the country of Moab and continued there a year. Continued there, I'm sorry. And Limelech's Naomi's husband died, and she was left, and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Malian and Chilion died also, both of them. And the women were left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab how the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on their way to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. Lord, grant you that you should find rest, may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there yet more, any more sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way. For I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight, and should also bear sons. Would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is going out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is going back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. Lord, do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. So the two went until they came to Bethlehem, came to pass when they come to Bethlehem, that all the city was moved about them, and they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, out of, the, out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the harvest. 
So tonight, <clears throat> the title is Conquest of Sorrow or Conquest of Bitterness. Bitterness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the privilege and opportunity we have to open your word. Thank you for these uh, true accounts of real people that lived in previous days and times and how you worked in their lives. And Father, we thank you for the truths that we can see here, how that you... Uh, though they disobeyed you and they suffered because of it, yet you are a gracious and loving God. And when they turn back to thee, Father, you undertake and provide. And, uh, Father, you never forsake your own. So, Lord, we just pray as you give us uh, understanding in thy truth tonight, wisdom and uh, hearing and giving of thy word. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the story, this story kind of begins in what you might call an alien setting. Uh, sorrow was not something that was designed by God. God didn't create sorrow. God didn't create suffering. You know, if you go to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 31, you know, this is, this is, a, this is a very... Um, common misconception that people have when there's sorrow and suffering, they just blame God. But you know, really the bottom line is, it's just we don't want to take responsibility for our actions. That's really what the bottom line is. But Genesis 1, 31 says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. So when God does something, it's very good. You think about our salvation. We just sang about a perfect salvation, and it is perfect. It can't be undone. When a person truly repents of their sins, puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they are perfected forever. It can't be undone. We have a perfect Word of God. We have a Bible calls itself incorruptible. It's incorruptible. The Word of God is incorruptible. In other words, it's not liable to destruction or decay. You know, men since the first century, when the word of God began to be penned, and even prior to that, men have been trying to destroy and discredit the word of God. We still have it. We still have a true uh, to, to original copies of the word of God. In the Hebrew Masoretic Old Testament and the uh, uh, Texas Receptus of the New. Uh, you know, so... Yeah, and of course we have it translated into English in our language from a from those two manuscripts. So we have it even in English language. You know what God does? He does perfect because He is perfect. You know He He sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. He sends the sun on the just and the unjust alike. Uh, so you know again, so sorrow and suffering is kind of an alien. To the plan and purpose of God, God didn't design it that way. We know it, that all, all this, the, the pain, the suffering, the sorrow that's in the world today is the result of man's sin. Romans 5.12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now, you might say, well, you know, by one man sin entered the world. But just remember, it does say that all have sinned. You know, you might, you might look, at, look at Adam back there in that Garden of Eden and say, well, I wouldn't have done what he did. Uh, 
Yes, you would have. Maybe sooner. Maybe it would have taken you a little longer, but you would have. You'd have, you'd have been like Adam and say, you know, well, this isn't fair, you know. I'm going to follow my wife. And that's what he did, by the way. He took what his wife gave him. And, of course, you know, she was deceived. So, you know, all this, all this suffering and sorrow, it's, again, it's an alien setting, you might say, that we see here. And what you really have is, in this picture, is some Christians, quote-unquote, out of place. They're in a place they do not belong. Now, how'd they get there? There's, there's an interesting thing that stood out to me that I never really thought through before. But uh, in, in chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. I want you to think about that a little bit. There was a famine in the land. Okay? Now this is Bethlehem Judah. Bethlehem Judah means house of bread. That's what that name means. So there was a famine in the land. Go to chapter 1, verse 21. What does Nomeo say here? I went out what? Full. Hmm. Now, she went out full, she says. She went out full. And the Lord hath brought me home empty. Now, chapter 1, verse 1 tells us there was a famine, and that's why they left Bethlehem, Judah, to go to Moab. I don't believe they were destitute. What I believe is, they looked at the situation, they they said, you know what? If we don't get out of here, we're headed for trouble. We're headed for trouble. If we don't leave here soon, we are going to be destitute. Look at Genesis, or not Genesis, Psalm 37. And see, this is, the, this is again, a, a, a lack of faith in the goodness of God. Genesis, uh, not Genesis, Psalm 37, verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly, not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. You see, I believe what Naomi and Limelech forgot was that God hadn't forsaken them. God will allow you, even if you're in a place, even if you're in a place where God wants you, God will allow you to be tested. And tried. You know, in Matthew chapter 14, they just, Jesus just fed, I'm not sure it was the 4,000 or 5,000. And then he sent the multitudes away. And the disciples get into a boat to sail to the other side, across the Sea of Galilee, and he went up in the mountain to pray. Now he sent them into the ship. He sent them into the ship. So they were aware he sent them. Do you remember what happened? There was a storm came up so bad they thought they were going to perish. Now they were right where he sent them. 
And that's when he came walking to them on the water. See, just because you're in the center of God's will doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean you're not going to be tried. Doesn't mean you're going to be tested. What we see here is a family that failed to trust God in time of testing. There is more to being full than having an abundance of food. It's having God in your life, walking with God, having your family. That's full. That's the full. That's the blessing of God. And, and so when she says, I went out full, she went out with her husband and her two sons. And, but they forsook the Lord in going out. They left God place, designed place for them. And so, so it begins here in an alien setting. They're in, they're in Moab. Moab, you know, of all places to go. Remember what Moab Remember, do you remember anything about Moab when, when the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt and they were in the wilderness and, and the king of Moab, he's the guy that hired Balaam to curse them. And he couldn't get Balaam to curse them, so Balaam gave him advice how to seduce the men. So this is a, this is a these are a wicked people. An immoral people. And this is where they go. In fact, God's because of that, said that a Moabite was not to enter the, the house of God, but to ten generations. So they go to Moab. You see, our choices determine our destiny. And they made choices. They made choices to go to Moab. Uh, and of course, you know, in Moab, of course, her husband dies. Her sons marry Moabite women. Uh, you know, even even in that, we, we can see the grace of God because one of them gets saved. I don't believe the other one does, but 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 you, you can still see the grace of God there. But in Moab and in 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 the affliction that the Lord that she brought in her own life. Uh, she realizes her mistake. Notice in verse uh, uh, 6, then she arose to the daughter-in-law, of course, after she's destitute. Now she's destitute. See, she wasn't destitute when she left Bethlehem, Judah. She wasn't without a husband. She wasn't without two sons. She wasn't destitute. Now she is. So she arose that she might return from the country of Moab. She had heard in the country of Moab how the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Wherefore, she went forth out of the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on their way to return into the land of Judah. So, so you know, she, she, she realizes her sin, her, her, her uh, sin against God, uh, her and Melimelech. You know, they had chosen a place of false gods. And, you know, a place that the grass looks greener on the other side. Uh, Roy Lauren, in his book, Meet Yourself in the Bible, said this, quote, The pastures of life always seem greener somewhere else. The other man's job always appears easier and more lucrative. Faith in God seems too static and unprogressive, and we rise up to do something about it. So we go to Moab. And Moab, we realize that green fields and the full pantries are not everything in life, 
For man doth not live by bread alone. Life is better in a land of famine with God than in a land of plenty without Him. Faith that suffers is better than a faith that is surfeited, for a faith that is willing to suffer means a character that is prepared for anything. Unquote. See, they, were, they didn't want to suffer some hardships in the place that God had for them. They wanted an easy life. So they went to Moab. You know, the grass is always greener. On the other side of the fence, usually there's a septic tank under there too somewhere, you know. Um, you know, my, my grass is greener be, be just beyond the manure pile, you know. Uh, but, but she realizes, you know, her... her, her uh, her mistake, her sin, uh, but she has to, she suffers the consequences of her sin. Uh, and, and so we also see here, again, the fruits of our choices. And we have Orpah, there's of course three women here uh, who are left destitute without husbands, without provisions. And of course she counsels them, Moabite women, to go back to their homes. And Orpah does. Verse 14, they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her, and she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is going back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. So, you know, here we have a, 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 a someone who they believe it's easier. The prospects look better if I stay in Moab. And go back. You know, again, this is a, despite the fact that they are living in Moab, they have married Israelite men. So they have been taught, you know, it's obvious that Ruth had been taught about the God of Israel. So Orpah would have, we assume Orpah would have been too. And, and in fact, it says, uh, yeah, where does it say here? Uh, right, right, verse 15, she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is going back under her people and under her gods. So, so she had been taught about the God of Israel, uh, Jehovah, the Lord that doth provide. But you see, things looked easier and more prosperous, and prospects were better if you stay in Moab and go back home. Because without an eye of faith, can you imagine being Ruth and Orpah, young women? Young women that like to have husbands. And, and then the prospect of going to a foreign country. What's the likelihood? And you're being a Moabite and going to the nation of Israel. Which the Moabs were under a curse because of the, the thing that they did in the wilderness. So what's the likelihood, you think, what's the likelihood I would ever have a chance to get a husband if I go back with Naomi? You know, from the natural eye, there's nothing appealing about that. Nothing. I mean nothing. 
It's all unknown. There's a lot of what ifs. It's, it's easier to stay in Moab. It's easier to stay in the world, to go along with the world, than to trust God. And Orpah, of course, chooses what appeals to the eye. Uh, she chooses for something that looks better, looks better, looks more, the prospects are better. Uh, and, and so she, you know, she, she goes back, and we never hear from her again. Never hear from her again. Your Bible says that Demoth hath forsaken me, having loved this present evil world. Of course, Judas. Judas lived for the eyesight. What fulfilled in the present? The money. So Orpha cleaved to the present, to what was known. Ruth, on the other hand, was a choice of faith. She chose trusting in the invisible God. She had hope. You know, Hebrews 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 13 says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. You know, it says of Moses in uh, verse 27, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So he didn't see him with the natural eye, but he believed the promises of God. And he could see that God would bring to pass what he had spoken. See, this was a choice. This was the contrast between the two. And and this this is how we understand this setting they are in. And understand, God didn't send them there. They chose it. They chose it. God didn't make them destitute. God didn't make make her empty. She chose it. She chose it. You know, God didn't make the children of Israel turn back and not go into the promised land. They chose it. God didn't make Pharaoh not let the people of Israel go. He chose it. He said, who is God that I should obey him? But here we see Ruth, and she, she, her choice of faith, she believes God, verses 14 through 18. Verse, let's go, just go to, to verse 16. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. Now, I mean, Naomi's trying to persuade her to stay in Moab and go back home. But she says, Don't entreat me to leave thee. Or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Whether thou diest, I will die, and there will I be buried. 
The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. Ruth said, I'm going with you. I don't care if I never get a husband. I don't care what happens. I'm gonna, I've trusted in your God, and I'm going where you're going. Because your God's not here. You know, here's two different people in the same situation that have the same opportunities. And one chooses what they see. What they see. And what they feel. The other chooses what they've heard. And what they've come to trust. See, that's the choice we need to make. It meant, this choice meant turning away from the false gods of Moab. It meant leaving the home, the only homes, Moab, that she ever knew. The only land she ever knew. It meant leaving what was known and familiar with her. It meant going to a strange place. You know, I don't know if she, you know, it's possible maybe she had learned the Hebrew language. I don't know. She probably did, living married to one of the boys. But Ruth put her dependence on God. It was not an easy choice. Because by world's standards and world's philosophy, she was shooting herself in the foot and forsaking any opportunity to ever have a husband again and have someone provide and protect for her. Here's what it leads her to. Go to chapter 2. <clears throat> Verse 2, And Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on the part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Melimelech. Here's what it left her with. She was left going into the fields after the reapers went through and reaped the harvest and gathering up what little bits they dropped. Yeah, we had, when we had a, I remember when we were at the farm in Petersburg, there was a neighbor. You know, no matter how, you know, we always, we always, cut our cornfields open with the corn, hand corn cutters so we didn't run anything over. But no matter how particular you are at opening a field, when you use machines, 
they drop a certain amount. And we had a neighbor that would come over. He asked my dad, he asked dad, can I, can I go out in the cornfield and pick up anything that the picker or the chopper missed? And he said, sure, go for it. And he would go out there and he would spend half a day, he was an older man, half a day or so picking up corn. He liked to feed the birds and I don't know what all he used. I think he had some pigs. He had a, little, he had a, little, he had a couple acres on the other side of the creek. Um, and, uh, but, you know, and so he would, he would, you know, he was semi-retired, so he'd just go out there and he, he basically what he was doing was gleaning. Now, he may pick two days and get a bag full of beers. It's not very prosperous. But he had time to kill. You know what? That's what Ruth is left with. But she's determined this is where God wants her to be. It's difficult. It's difficult. But here's an opportunity. You can look at it one or two ways. Well, I ain't going out there and gleaning. It'll take me forever to get a little bit of wheat. Or you could say, you know, it'll, it's, it's going to take me a lot of work, but I can get at least enough that I can survive the winter. See, a lazy man won't plow by reason for the cold. Now, when I was growing up, we didn't have tractors with cabs and air conditioning and heat in the winter. There's been many a cold day we plowed. And many a real hot day we worked all day in the field on a tractor. You know. Now, hey, the Bible says... The lazy, the slothful man will not plow for a reason of the cold. But neither will he eat and harvest. See, you have to do some things that are uncomfortable. But she could look at it one or two ways. You know, I'm not a slave. Or she could say, that's an opportunity for me to get some. Enough to sustain our lives. And that's what she did. You see, she was willing to work. She wasn't too proud to stoop and get what she needed. Even though it looked like she was a beggar. Because here's an opportunity to get something to eat. Something that my God has provided for me, even if it's meager. And just a little. But there's an interesting word in that verse 3. It's three letters. It's hap. Hap. You know, we often say, it just so happened. Yeah, it just so happened. Her hap was to light on a part of a field belonging unto Boaz. She didn't know at this point it was Boaz's field. The Bible tells us it is, but she didn't know that. 
fact, she don't know it till she goes home and tells what this man did for her while she was reaping. How he, 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 he reached her parched corn, gave her, you know, fed her with all his servants and, and gave her water and refreshed her and told his workers, drop some on purpose for her. You know, this opportunity of meager gettings is starting to turn into some great blessings. You see, when you trust God, God can make those little things into great things. And of course, we know the rest of the story. Boaz, verse 4 of chapter 2, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then Boaz said unto the servants that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, Is the Moabite's damsel came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab? She said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in her house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which thy young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said to him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said unto her, You know, this was her testimony that was, became quickly known. It hath been fully showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, unto whose wings thou art come to trust. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for that thou hast comforted me. For thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaids, and so on. So, you know, her testimony was quickly known. She was faithful in doing that which God provided for her to do. And God rewarded her, gave her a full reward. And so, and and then if you go over to chapter 4, and of course I'm not going to read all this for sake of time, but of course we know that the, you know, uh, Boaz was a, a kinsman redeemer. They end up, he marries, he marries Ruth. Verse 13, chapter 4, uh, tells us, So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife, and went in unto her, and the Lord gave her conception, she bare a son. And the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which not hath left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. He shall be unto thee a restorer of life, of thy life, a nourisher of thine old age, for thy daughter-in-law which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons hath borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became nurse unto it. And the women her neighbors gave it a name, saying, 
There is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed, for he is the father of Jesse, the father of David. You see, our choices have consequences. Naomi and Limelech's choice brought affliction and suffering. But when Naomi turned from her choice, her wrong choice, and chose to do what was right, and Ruth, the fruit, again, the fruit of that is Ruth chose to follow her. And the fruit of their choices is, and Ruth being faithful in the little things, in that which is not rewarding, but was an opportunity. She's richly blessed with a husband, one of the godliest men in Israel, Boaz. And a son, Obed. And so, what we see here is the conquest of sorrow, the overcoming of bitterness. And we see the grace of God, that God is ever merciful. You know, as we read there in Psalm 37, He is ever merciful. Even when we make wrong choices and bring hardships and sorrow and affliction in our life. But when we're willing to repent and turn from those choices, God will give us another opportunity. It may not be easy. It wasn't easy for Naomi and Ruth to come back to Bethlehem, Judah. It meant gleaning. But God blessed their choices. God bless their honoring him and being faithful to him even though it was difficult, even though it was humiliating. It was a choice of faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God will reward those that diligently seek him.